Peter Williams from 1 o'clock on RCR, Reality Check Radio. This is Reality Check Radio. It's a Friday afternoon with Peter Williams. And now to a topic not discussed much during this era of COVID and vaccination, and that is insurance, in particular health and life insurance. I'd like to introduce you now to a man who sells health and life insurance. His name is Richard Pikett, and he joins me now from near Auckland. And I want to talk about Richard's business and more particularly the number of claims that Richard has been fielding in recent times, particularly in the last couple of years. Hello, Richard. Thanks for joining us here on RCR. First up, you better tell us a bit about your business, just exactly what products you sell and then what kind of service you offer after you've uh, you've taken premiums off people. <laughs> We've got to, the insurers take the premiums off the people, we don't. Uh, thanks, Peter. Good, good to chat. Um, we have a small insurance brokerage which we've run, well, I've been involved in the insurance industry for 37 years, but we're tiny. Husband and wife recently been joined by uh, youngest son, Oliver. Um, been, yeah, as I say, 37 years in the business. We've got a, a fairly small client base of 650 mums, dads, kids, ranging from mums and dads through to CEOs of publicly listed companies and kind of everybody in between. Uh, we're pretty close to our clients. Um, we've got a lot of clients going back to my very early days when I started with Government Life, and we're now dealing with a second generation of clients. People you know, didn't have kids when we first met them, and now they've got two or three, and they're making their own way. All right, so but tell those, us about the uh, products that you sell then, uh, Richard. It's, it's, we, it's health we, and life insurance? Yeah, yeah, we're in the personal risk space. So life insurance, trauma insurance, income protection, and medical cover. Right. And it's about, as far as health insurance is concerned, people come back to you or come back to the insurer when they need a payout for a procedure or when they need some care? Yeah. We, we pride ourselves on being pretty close to the vast majority of our clients. I mean, some people just don't really want to a relationship. They just want a transactional thing. Set some insurance up, and we'll deal directly with the insurer. But you know, I'd say ninety percent of our clients, we've we, we encourage all our clients to, if there's a problem, uh, pick up the phone to us and let's talk it through first, and then we'll organise the claim. We'll make make it simple. I've in fact even organised a, a, a mitral valve regurgitation um, operation for a lady who was sitting on a couch in Waikato uh, on a waiting list, um, basically her life ebbing away, um, and she couldn't get any traction at all with a public system. And I made two phone calls to cardiologists we deal with in Auckland, and somebody was able to do the operation for her the following week. All right, so you're pre- pretty close. Yeah, you're pretty, pretty well connected to your clients. You're pretty well connected to the health of your clients, and yep. you'll know over such a long career, if you've been in the game 37 years, you'll know what the, I suppose, the annual strike rate, for want of a better word, better phrase, is. You'll know how many people are likely to make claims, 
particularly yeah. for health insurance in the space yeah. of a year. So tell us what your experience has been then in the last couple of well, years or maybe the last three years since since the vaccinations started rolling out. Yeah. Um, we, we noticed, um, well, our, our, our first major claim, which was a, a massive red flag to us, was a lady who finished up in hospital, uh, just read back through her note this morning, um, originally presented to a GP with what was thought to be shingles. Shingles, we now know, is a fairly common side effect of the jab. He said, oh, you've got shingles here, take these drugs and you'll be right in next to no time. Well, she wasn't. She got gradually worse and ended up in hospital with um, what was eventually diagnosed as a spinal infection. And she was eight nights in hospital on an antibiotic drip. Um, now, we, we're fairly sure that that was as an adverse reaction to her first jab. This was August 2021. She went home, started to recover. Uh, she had an antibiotic pump at home for another 15 days, went back to hospital. And they said, look, you're doing great. While you're here, why don't you pop upstairs, get your second jab, which she did. Trust in the medical system and the rest of it. Um, four weeks later, she's back in hospital with bloating and fluid retention. She has an MRI which confirmed that she had high-grade uh, aggressive ovarian cancer. Now, in um, my notes here, in she was admitted to hospital um, in late August, and she had an MRI on the 3rd of September um, to diagnose her spinal infection. The 30th of October, so call it eight weeks later, is diagnosed with high-grade cancer. Now she had an X-ray in, in, in August and September. She had X-rays, MRI, and a CT scan, and every blood test under the sun. It was a lumbar um, infection, so they scanned her pelvic area, and there were no um, abnormalities noted. But yet, eight weeks later, she's got high-grade aggressive ovarian cancer. Now, I know a little bit about ovarian cancer, uh, Richard, because yep. my first wife died of it uh, over 25 years ago, right. and I know it is the most insidious cancer yep. there can possibly yep. be, which grows very slowly, and a lot of the time it's asymptomatic. You don't know it's there. It's Correct. just creeping up on you. Now, Correct. those comments that you made suggested that she was fully examined uh, and tested uh, for her first procedure, yet within two months she's developed a, a high-grade cancer. Now, it may well yeah. have been that it was it was missed because the specialists weren't Could looking be. for it. Could be. But normally it shows up in blood. Yeah, there is the mark of the... Um, it's a, CA125. That's right, yeah. I'm, I'm familiar with that too. Thanks for... Reminding me yeah. of it, yeah. So that that blood test was taken, and one presumed that marker was maybe looked out for. So what you've what you've painted a picture of here is a woman who has gone from um, I won't say full health because obviously she was in hospital. She had the shingles. 
Uh, she's gone yep. from singles. She's been fully tested. Yet within two months, she has developed a terrible cancer. Yeah. Yeah. And then chemo and surgery and you know, everything that follows. And she's, she's still very much not well uh, on income protection claim. We paid a trauma claim. It's been a hell of a ride for her, and she, she's still not right. So as, as an engineer, which is my background, you have to take a step back and say, well, you know, this is odd. You know, we, we, we've, we've paid lots of claims on ovarian cancer before, but as you said, you know, this is very, very sudden um, to be, you know, clear two months prior and then not be clear. So I started, I started a spreadsheet well, but, you know, to try and keep track of these things. Um, about two months later, I got a call from one of our long-term clients, um, lady 53-ish at the time. We'd paid a double mastectomy claim on her 15 years prior, and she'd been in perfect remission to that point. And the conversation went something like, look, we, you know, my husband and I are uh, you know, reasonably hesitant regarding the vaccination. Um, I've got to have it because I work part-time for school. <clears throat> Excuse me. If it all turns to custard, will my insurance policy respond? And I said, absolutely, there is nothing in the policy wording which would give an insurer uh, the chance to decline a claim. You know, if you, you die or you have you know, X, Y, or Z, then it will respond. So reluctantly, she went off and had the jab. Eight weeks later, she's diagnosed with stage four bone cancer. Now, this could all just be an awful coincidence, Richard. You think about that? Could be. Could be. Could be. But, um, you know, I, sus- I suspect not, particularly given the the reading that we that we'd done early on in the piece. Um, we've, we've, my wife has been through pancreatic cancer and we've got our eldest boy uh, has a chronic autoimmune disorder. So we, when COVID was announced in early 2020, we just did piles and piles and piles of reading. Um, and because of uh, our, our, our following of Dr. Peter McCullough and the guys at FL Triple C Alliance, Paul Marek, um, Pia Corey and, and, and what have you, uh, also um, pathologist Dr. Ryan Cole, we had a, a fair idea what was coming down the, the pipe in terms of um, the effect of the vaccination on the immune system and in particular the T cells. So what we were seeing wasn't entirely unexpected in our mind. So what are the numbers then? You say you're an engineer, you kept a spreadsheet, you've got 650 yep. clients in yep. in the, well, it's coming up for three years since the the vaccination rollout began in February, March mm. of 2021. Mm. What are your numbers? Yeah, I mean, what, general... what are your claim your claim ratios, Richard? Well, cur- currently we're we're sitting, and, and and you've got to understand here that we uh, the medical cover that we promote um, doesn't cover GPs or pharmaceuticals. It's only once you get to a specialist that 
unaware involved. So there are probably plenty of people who've had issues who have not not sought to claim. And and some people may have gone directly to the insurer, so we're not in the loop at all. Currently, our, our stats are, um, we've got 30 clients with issues that I would flag as being um, unusual out of 656 clients. Um, I've uh, applied a factor of 83%, saying that 83% of the base was vaccinated, and we had 604 clients over the age of 18. So I worked out that we've got 501 people on those numbers that are vaccinated. So our current ratio is one in every 17 clients has had some sort of issue which I would flag as being potentially attributable to vaccination. That's 6%, including three deaths. Well, have you compared that to previous years? Have you kept spreadsheets for earlier years in your business? No, no I haven't. But, you know, our, our, our normal background claims, you know, uh, tonsillectomies, adenoids, grommets, um, you know, uh, skin lesions, um, and, you know, hips and eyes and all that sort of stuff. That, that's still ongoing. None, none of that has changed. But the cancer, um, and, and people who were in remission who are very much not in remission. I mean, we've had a slew of prostate cancer claims, radical prostate activity. Uh, and several people who were noted, you know, they're, they're older guys. I mean, I'm 68, so you know, a, a lot of our clients are, are getting up there in mid-years. Um, but guys in their 50s who were being followed with marginally elevated prostate uh, PSA reading, uh, you know, maybe two or whatever. Once they took the, the vaccine, the, um, you know, the readings were up around six, six to eight. And and, and a, a PSA reading of eight, you know, the, the booms come down and the flashing lights go and, you know, you're, you're wheeled off for a... Um, uh, a confirming biopsy, and then generally radical surgery not long after that. Hmm. Have you talked to other people in the industry, Richard? Have they have they experienced I, similar numbers to you? I have. Um, we actually supply software. The software development company would supply CRM software to other brokers, uh, so we're reasonably close to uh, a, a number. Um, the, the brokers that I would say operate in a similar way to us um, that are very close to their clients and try and get involved in every claim most of those people are reporting uh, similar kinds of figures um, but certainly when we talk to you know, the, the, the industry people the insurers that we place business with and the, and the, and the claims team, team they're singing very much the same song um, you know, our, our major health insurer, got quite a, a reasonable book with, um, we were chasing a surgical pre-approval for a lady that was probably eight or nine months ago now. Um, the claims team was very apologetic, said, look, we're really sorry, we're snowed under here. Normally we see three to 400 new claims every day. 
and currently we're seeing 700. Wow. That's quite a significant increase, isn't it? And 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 are the insurance companies because I've I've I read material from I think I think it was a life insurance company in the United States that said their claim numbers yep. for last year were up forty percent. Is anybody yep. in the industry starting to ask questions why? Not here. Not here. Everybody's tight lipped. And I I honestly don't know why. Uh, you know. Privately, people are telling us stories, but the, you know, the, the official uh, the official line is, well, nothing to see here. So this is just extraordinary. So the, 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 the number that p- perhaps is the most staggering of all, apart from your, you know, one in 17 of your vaccinated clients uh, making claims... This would be in the last, uh, say, three years. We'll we'll spread the time period yeah. out to, to round it off. Uh, but for a major health insurer to find that their daily claim numbers are pretty much yeah. doubling, yeah, that's staggering. And nobody's asking and questions. I mean, around the board table of of that insurance company, are they asking why are we paying out more money? Why are there twice as many that's claims wrong. as before? They must be because you know these this level of claims is not priced into the product. Yeah, so the actuaries will be saying, "Gee, if we're getting all these claims, we're going to, have to start putting up our premiums." Are you getting that kind yep. of feedback from the companies yet, or not? Yeah. Uh, again, nobody's nobody's saying that, but you know, we are noticing premium increases. You know, they they're probably not going to wind wind the knob fully. Yeah, immediately. It's, it's going to be a gradual thing, otherwise there'll, there'll be some pushback. But premiums are certainly, certainly going up. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm seeing the same figures from the States that you've seen. I've got figures that I saw from, from Germany, I think one of the reinsurers, um, and, and their ratio was uh, 1 in 26 at that time. Which were which were un, unpriced claims. Yeah, so that's you know, that's so health insurance. Got... That's health insurance, Richard. Yep. What about yep. life, life yep. insurance when you pay out on death? Have you noticed an increase yep. in, in in life insurance claims? Well, we we've only had three among amongst our client base uh, with sudden death. Um, but, but I, you know, obviously I'm aware of the. Excess mortality figures for New Zealand and our excess mortality is up, I think, 14% um, and uh, morbidity, so uh, disability and injury and sickness uh, is up about 37%. So a life insurance claims the the, the amount, the whole of life uh, payment that is made after a person's passing. Uh, as yeah. far as you're concerned amongst your client base, have those numbers increased in the last three years as well? You've talked about three sudden deaths amongst yeah. your client base, but yeah. surely in, in yeah. the course of a year, some of your clients, sadly, would uh, would move on and you'd have to pay out. We, I mean, we, we, don't, we, don't see, um, we don't see that many. Um, you know, we, 
with even over 37 years, I've not paid a lot of death claims. Um, because what what tends to happen is, you know, people buy appropriate amounts if they can. People buy appropriate amounts to cover when they're young. They've got a mortgage and family and all the rest of it. And you know, when they get into their 50s, uh, a lot of people are actually starting to reduce their cover or, or actually you know, cancel. You know, they've, they've got the mortgages perhaps paid off instead of like you know, kids are. He says, um, <laughs> grown up and moved away from home and independent. Um, so the, the need the need for cover is not there. So we have a lot of our clients, I guess, you know, a lot of our clients are reasonably well healed by by all standards. Um, so a lot, a lot of them are actually winding cover back. But in the course of a, an ordinary year, we don't see very many death claims. Um, but the three death claims that we've had over the last two years have been unusual. Are you at liberty to talk about the ages of those death claims? Um, 42, uh, died in the ambulance on the way to hospital. Um, 56, um, male, found, found dead in bed. Um, no, no, no pre-existing. And no autopsies done. Mm, heart, yeah, cardiac arrest was it in those cases? Yeah, 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 yeah. In, in both in both cases, um, the, the other one was uh, a stroke. No, she was sixty four. Uh, Gee, none of them are had, old, are they? they? No, 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 not at all. And most unexpected. And, and of course, with the coronial amendment act that went through earlier in the year, um, they can just be signed off as, you know, un- unascertained natural causes. Brilliant. Well, it's not, is it? Um, it would no, surely, not, not for a- the family's peace of mind, it would be good to know why people died suddenly. I mean, I mean, it doesn't bring have, it back. No, but have the family been pushing the case in any of these instances? Um, not, not that I'm aware. Yeah, but, but part of the problem is that all of our clients have been gaslit. No, nobody has said to them, oh, okay, this might be as a result of the vaccination. You know, I had a mate who had stroke-like symptoms. His head was exploding, his vision narrowing went off to hospital, and they said, oh, are you stressed at work? No, my head's exploding and my vision's narrowing. It's, it's, it's stroke-like symptoms. I had another another girl, 22, with tachycardia. Presents at hospital, her heart's doing 180, 200 beats a minute. Are you anxious? Well, of course I'm bloody anxious. My heart's doing 200 beats a minute. So there's just no no questioning from from medics, from doctors, from nurses no, no. about their vaccination status, about what no. possibly could be bringing this on. No, not that we're, not that we're aware of. So what's the, the 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 condition that is bringing about the most claims, Richard? Is it uh, is is it myocarditis, uh, heart issues, cardiac issues? 
Or is it the, it, it the chances? It's changed. It's changed. Initially, it was uh, chest pain, tachycardia, arrhythmia. Uh, we've got a bit of that still ongoing, um, but that sort of fell away. Um, you know, it, 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 our, our claims started in, in about August of 2021. Um, they peaked with the booster shot in March, April 2022, then started to fall away. But now we're starting to see rises in cancer claims. We've got several prostate cancer claims on the go at the moment. Uh, we've got a mate, wife, she's 40, rectal cancer. And we've never had a 40-year-old with rectal cancer. There's a 25-millimeter tumor that lays very difficult to get in there and operate. So you know, she's going to have she's have radiotherapy or, or I forget radio or chemo, and that's beating her heart up. So they've just kind of pulled the handbrake on that now and having the head scratch. We've never had those cases before. Well, if you're making your observations public, but many of your colleagues aren't. And if the medical profession isn't speaking out, or not many of them are, I notice that one or two brave doctors, particularly overseas, have yeah. talked about the huge increase in, yeah. in the cancer presentations. What do you yeah. think should happen now, Richard? Should the insurance industry start asking questions? I mean, sooner or later, you guys are going to either price yourselves off the market or the industry yeah. is going to be under, uh, under severe financial stress because of all the claims you'll be paying out. So something's got to break sooner or later, doesn't it? Mm, you'd think. You'd think, but I'm not seeing any, I'm not seeing any evidence of it at this point. You know, what we need is uh, Winston to get his teeth into this and, and have, you know, pull, pull the lid off and have a proper look. Well, apparently it's going to be... Um, Part of uh, the the new coalition government, it's this new commission is going to be commission of inquiry is going to be formed with the utmost urgency. It's going to be wide yep. ranging, and hopefully, nothing will be out of scope. Do you think that it is uh, a, a, an avenue that for the insurance industry, maybe for even your business, is worth pursuing? That you should you could be you should be submitting to a commission of inquiry about the claims. Just present the data. You don't need to provide any causation, it's just a, a straight-out uh, presentation of data, which, after all, is what epidemiologists are supposed to, uh, are supposed to do, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. that's, that's their, that's right. that's that's their right. game, biostatistics. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, it's all fully tested. Uh, no, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, we no, know that. No, we, uh, well, nobody tested it here, and... Uh, I think was it Australia? They didn't test it. They said, "Oh no, no, we we went we went on what the CDC said, and the CDC and the states didn't test it. They took the drug company's word for it." Well, I was just looking the other day at an OIA request, uh, which has Chris James from Medsafe writing to the Therapeutic Goods Authority in Australia saying they didn't have enough information and this was at the end of January 2021. Chris James, the head of MedSafe, right. telling the TGA 
in Australia that despite them having approved it over there, he didn't have enough information, so he was not prepared to consent uh, to its use in this country. Uh, he yeah, he was, he was overruled. He well, he sent it off to the very mysterious uh, MAC, the MAAC, the Medical oh, yeah. Yeah. Assessments uh, and something committee, yeah. who then yeah. said, uh, "No, it's good to go, even though we don't have enough information at this stage. We will get more information as we go along." That's what they said. <laughs> oh look, oh look, people are dropping dead in the streets. Yeah. What about this, uh, Richard? What about this? This is uh, from a member of the public who has uh, just forwarded it to me uh, apropos of uh, of nothing in particular, but it's very coincidental that we record this interview today. Uh, she says, it's a letter from St John. Uh, basically, this particular person who sent me the letter must be a donor to St John. And the letter comes from St. John, says, Dear friend, uh, I'm writing today because demand for our services in, is increasing at a rapid rate. Last year, we responded to around 63,000 more emergency calls for an ambulance than the previous 12 months. The more calls we respond to, the greater the demand on our equipment. Right now, we urgently need more advanced defibrillators and many other high-use items that can help save lives. And then it, it goes on to uh, uh, explain the story of a 20-year-old called Zachary, who was fit and healthy, but for 30 minutes last December, during a usual day of work, his heart stopped beating. A rare undiagnosed heart condition had sent him into cardiac arrest, depriving his brain of vital oxygen. It took six attempts at defibrillation and so on and so forth. It goes on to say, it seems unthinkable that a healthy, energetic 20-year-old could have gone into cardiac arrest, but the unthinkable uh -huh. is often every day for our crews who treat New Zealanders of all ages and all sorts of medical emergencies. Uh, thankfully, Zachary survived and is back to being a fairly typical young New Zealander, but basically they want money from their friends, people who have supported them in the past, you would think the man or the woman who wrote that letter would have some sense of self-awareness, yeah, wouldn't yeah, you, Richard? Yeah. Eh? Why, you why you is would. there unprecedented demand? Why is there yeah. unprecedented yeah. demand for our services? Why are there 63,000 more emergency calls for an ambulance than in the previous 12 months? That's staggering, oh, isn't it's, it? it? Look, it's it's climate change. <laughs> That's what it is. It's climate change. Uh, Just you, unbelievable. You've got a laconic, it, it, pommy it, sense of humour. I can see that, Richard, uh, even though you've been here a while. You can never take the Yorkshire out of the boy. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's bloody heartbreaking. It really is. I mean, we like our clients. And, uh, yeah. Well, thank you for bringing this very serious matter to public attention. Uh, we, You're most welcome. We await uh, Winston's establishment of this uh, commission of inquiry. The, yep. pre the previous one should be wound up post-haste, or the current one should be wound up post-haste, because that's frankly a waste of space, a waste of time, and it's <laughs> nobody knows 
what uh, information it's gleaning anyway because it's all in um, in secret. This one's going to be public, and I would suggest to you, Richard, as somebody at the coalface of the insurance industry, that it is well worth your while to tell your story to them. Yeah, well, I, I had a, uh, a good chat with Casey Costello. Uh, I'm in the Port Waikato electorate, and I went along to one of her meetings the other night, and uh, I'm not sure whether she's picked up health. She's the associate she's minister. minister. She's the associate minister of health, yes. Right, right. Yeah, well, I had quite a chat with her. So, I mean, she's uh, more or less along the lines of what we talked about, but obviously condensed it just a few minutes. Yeah. No, I've talked to oh, Casey on this myself before privately, and right. uh, I know that she is well on board, well aware, and uh, as the Associate Minister of Health may well, in fact, be the person that is given the job by by Winston of uh, getting this commission together. I, right. I, you know, I, I have no evidence of that, but it just makes sense with her associate portfolio in that area. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. I, I'm, I mean, I'd, I'd be happy to participate uh, in, in something like that if I can, if I can add value. I'm sure yeah, you could. Um, we, uh, we actually, one, one of the things that set us off down the, the track that we've been on is uh, we were recommended to read the Anthony Fauci book, uh, the real Anthony Fauci by uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. And we were so moved by that that we actually imported another 20 copies and we actually sent one to Winston, one to uh, Brian Betty and Blumfield and, and the platform guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. We got a response from Winston, but we didn't get a response from anybody else. Funny that. Well, you were lucky you got the 20 yeah. copies in because I'll tell you a story. My wife and I read that book online when was it the beginning of right. last year. And... Yep. My wife said to me, we need a hard copy of this because I want to yeah. have it, you know, on the bookshelf. So she, yes, for sure. She made uh, the order through Amazon and paid her money, had the credit card charged, and then yeah. this was, I guess we're talking February, no, not 2022, 2021. Yes, I get yeah, about the same time as we did. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> Amazon then sent her a note saying, we can't deliver this to New Zealand. Yeah, we've had a couple of books from Amazon like that. Um, yeah. she, she eventually got it here up. through the uh, book depository website. But, yeah, Amazon wouldn't right. deliver that to New Zealand. No, it was February 2022. No. I'm just getting my chronology right. Yeah, so uh, coming up a couple of years ago. But I think yeah, there's we, enough copies we, we of bought... that book around New Zealand now, isn't there? Yeah. Well, we, we bought 20, 20 of them in. Um, interesting that Winston had a bit of a, a change of heart uh, after we sent him the book. So I don't know whether there's any correlation in that. But, um, Maybe uh, f- fish, fish Pond in Australia seemed to ship um, books that are deemed subversive by uh, <laughs> other, other shippers. So yeah. that's perhaps an, an option. Yeah, well, no, I remember interviewing uh, Winston at the start of the uh, the campaign, uh, and his line was he he quoted I think it was Churchill or maybe the economist John Maynard Keynes, you know, when the facts change, I change my mind. So yeah. Winston has yeah. maybe had uh, an awakening. 
Anyway, we yep. will see what happens with his uh, much vaunted commission. Richard, uh, absolute pleasure Indeed. talking with you. Thank you for bringing, bringing to light these numbers and we just keep on fighting the fight to try and get truth for those who have been hurt and who have become seriously ill soon after uh, getting Absolutely. this injection. Indeed. Indeed. Ivermectin. Ivermectin is the thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and, and something if people have got long COVID, check out uh, Wellington Hyperbarics. Um, I'm doing some work with those people and very interesting um, results of uh, hyperbaric treatment. Very good. All yeah. right. You're in the health insurance industry, but obviously you're <laughs> close to some... Uh, uh, health providers as well. Very good, Richard. Great talking with you. Yeah. Thanks for joining us here on uh, Reality Check Radio. Thanks, Peter. Cheers. Bye-bye. Committed to fair debate and honest information, the Reality Check has arrived. RCR, Reality Check Radio.